Hello, and welcome to another Secrets and Sins podcast. I am Awanita Butter, and I will be your host for today. For today's episode, we are going to be talking about children's gothic. And what I mean by that is certain gothic tropes that appear in uh, children's content. So, whenever you're a child, this is the time when you've, you're being first exposed to the gothic genre and we may not like understand that at the time because we're so young but as we get older we begin to see like how much it's been shown throughout our lives now I I do want to start with the the classics of classics Um, whenever you're a child you for sure hear uh, of a fairy tale okay now nowadays fairy tales are very um tame i i I would say as in terms of like disney has very uh much smoothed over uh, a lot of the grotesque parts of these fairy tales and so the original brothers Grimm fairy tales are very gruesome for what they are so one of the biggest ones is cinderella and Disney has has made Cinderella so magical, like, oh, the shoe fits, oh my gosh, yes, uh, she found her true love. And of course she has her evil stepsisters, but whenever I found out the true, true, true Cinderella story, I was horrified, okay? In the true Cinderella story, the stepsisters... Um, one of them cut, cuts off their toe and the other cuts off part of her heel in order to fit into this slipper. And uh, that, that's a, a big thing of the gothic is um, how grotesque everything is. And also another um, theme of it is like women being hysterical. And so when you have like these stepsisters who are just like trying so hard that would go so far as to cut up their own feet in order to find their true love i think that's insane but it is but it's a very common thing of this time to sort of be in this mindset now another um story would be like uh little red riding hood where you have um this wolf that is human-like um so it kind of like transforms um the wolf into more of a monster than it really is and of course it eats the grandma and then eats little red and uh, of course that it's gruesome and just adds to the gothic nature of it but there's a lot of monstrosity within that story um another one would be like Hansel and Gretel um you know you have these two kids who you know go on their way and they stumble across this house made of sweets and you know as any normal person uh who come across this something like this uh you know there's always going to be temptation but there's also going to be this pull of that is not right like I should not go there 
And, and, and that is a perfect example of the sublime. Uh, with the sublime, you definitely have um, this push and pull effect where something like unknown and dangerous just gives you uh, so much temptation and thrill in doing uh, what is wrong. And, and so, of course, you know the story where they go and they eat the sweets and and even with meeting the person they still find joy in this temptation and uh that is a perfect example of the sublime and the gothic nature now aside from um the brothers grimm stories you have all of these tv shows and movies when i was a kid the first things I would see would be, of course, like vampires and magic, like, and, and spirits, you know, like ghosts everywhere, and a lot of that um, is surrounded with Halloween, and, you know, when you're a kid, that's a big, big part of your life, that's your favorite day, getting candy, you know, so you're exposed to things like this very soon as, um, like, dressing up, becoming a monster, or a vampire, what have you, are it is just something that's normal and something that any kid loves to do. Um, and and so we're exposed to this like very early on, and that that looking back on my life, that was probably the the first gothic thing that was ever introduced to me. Now I will say though. Um, the first um, sort of film I saw that just screamed gothic was Coraline. And at the time this came out, I was about uh, seven or eight, and <laughs> it, it was marketed to children. And so my parents, like, took us to go see it because, you know, it was... Uh, it was marketed to children, and um, I remember being so terrified of it. And uh, there's so so much uh, gothic tropes that um, appear in this uh, film. And ironically, the movie that scared me so much as a child is now one of my favorite films. Um, but. There's so much gothic nature involved in this film. So, of course, Coraline, she moves into this new house with her new family. And, you know, right off the bat, you can tell that the surrounding nature of the house is just off. And, um, uh, of course, she's... She's bored, and she goes explores, and she finds this trap door, and she goes into it, and she finds this other world that she loves and is so much better than her own. And she, of course, goes out, and she tells her parents, but of course there's nothing there. And she loves it so much that she decides to go back. But when she goes back... The, her other parents try to sew button eyes on her and keep her there. When she refuses, they trap her there and they block off the portal. And she has to try and find a way to escape. And she ends up talking to this talking cat. And uh, and she ends up making a deal with, with the other mother who ends up turning into this grotesque, 
creature, uh, th this monster that is not uh, like what she thought, and um, and she has to go on this mission mission to she has to find these eyes of the, these lost souls. And that's another big part of this is uh, there's spirits involved, which is another big thing as a gothic. And eventually she does do this and she's able to escape. But there's so much um, in this that uh, we tend to look over. Um, so, much, so many hidden meanings. And uh, another like a big thing is this doll that she has that looks just like her that she finds and it tends to follow her around seemingly being placed um, by this other entity which ties in with the whole spirit concept of uh, this these other entities surrounding us um, another film that was a part of my childhood was Monster House which nowadays seems so crazy and almost seems like bad in a way like how could anyone watch that film <laughs> but it, the whole house turning into a person in a way and th this monster uh it completely uh makes it very um gothic and tying in with the whole monstrosity trope and um of course, you have the Tim Burton movies, which is such a popular thing to relate to um, whenever you think of uh, gothic films. One of the most popular movies today that came out when I was a kid, but it is, but is still continuing, is uh, Hotel Transylvania, which is an animated show for children that... Um, it, which main characters are vampires and then you have all these other side characters uh, you have the monster that Frankenstein created and you have like mummies and you have all these other sort of monsters monsters and spirits that all come together um, all in one film and so you see a lot of the tropes come together in this with um, and there's a lot of influence from gothic literature. I mean, you have Dracula, you have Frankenstein, um, and, the, and there's a lot of other um, things that can be based off of gothic literature in this film. And this is one of the, one of the um, biggest things children are exposed to nowadays, or one of the biggest films uh, children are exposed to nowadays which has a lot of gothic tropes in it and and it, it's an important one when we're talking about this and then you have kid shows um that include witches and vampires that um can you know have all these magical abilities um and, and something that i find odd is there's of course the the famous film, The Addams Family. And this film is not made for children, as, you know, it has some racy scenes in it, and 
and the way that the children act and the whole family is very deranged. You know, the whole plot is like just the children trying to kill this kid and, you know, trying to harm all these other people at this camp and not made for children. But they recently made an animated film for the Adams family that is rated PG. So which I find so strange because you have you have all these characters in the Adams family that are so gothic and a lot of the the whole film relates so much to this genre um and a, a lot of it is way too much for kids to handle but they they decided to make it into this um animated film to where children are more exposed to it any of the a lot of these films are either stop motion or animated no matter how grotesque or gruesome something is um and monstrous uh if it's animated it's going to ultimately be marketed to children in some way um and which leads me to my next point is of what is the importance of all of this coming together there there is a lot one one of the, like the the minor points if i just want to start off with this is that uh kids need something to fear um and what i mean by this is like hansel and gretel is a perfect example of this because you have the old woman who wants to fatten the kids up to kill them and um then you also have uh monsters that want to do bad things um and and normally like they're the the evil character you have um in Coraline the other mother that turns into this monstrous um human and by seeing these things and being afraid of them um you can use that in real life to um kind of protect yourself from predators um, so being exposed to like this fear um, creates a strong sense of caution with uh, who you're around, who is nice, who seems like a monster to you, um, which is a good thing and leads to another point of learning life lessons. And so a lot of the fairy tales... Um, all have these life lessons such as little red don't talk to strangers send cinderella don't be this mean person because it's not going to get you anywhere um you have you know Coraline, be aware of your surroundings and, and don't always give in to temptation um which these are all like valuable life lessons for kids to learn i will say my most important point for the gothic being presented in any form of children's text would be imagination imagination is what creates dreams and when you have all of these um characters such as like oh vampires and monsters and what have you that you know are fictional you know don't exist but it helps fuel your imagination to what could possibly exist what could i create to add to these stories and um you can create so much and that's why you see all these children who have such 
crazy beautiful ideas and it really builds um, creativity within these children and one of the, one of the um, big things for me as a kid is I mean when you see all this stuff that you're like oh that could happen oh uh, this person can fly well I want to fly and then they can begin creating these crazy inventions in their heads um, that you know can create the ability to fly and these in turn could be used in the future to uh, build characters of engineers and such or be like oh um, this character was able to go to the moon well I want to go to the moon and then you begin to feel uh, begin to have this um, you have this pull of wanting to be an astronaut, and then you begin to be um, more focused um, in school because you have something to look forward to and work towards. And I, I fully believe if we did not have um, the gothic present in children's um, uh, children's texts, then we would not. Um, have very, uh, very creative people as if you're just in your bubble of reality and you know what's right next to you uh, it, oh that is a couch that's a couch that's a couch and it's always going to be a couch you're never going to uh want to imagine a different world and that's why i find um uh it's so important to, to have these um tropes present in children's texts. Now, before I leave, I want to ask you, what are some of the gothic tropes that you grew up with as a child that you may not have even known were there before? And maybe now you can identify. And I leave you with that. Thank you for joining me today.